Hello and welcome to another episode of the awesome and interesting Everyday People Podcast. My guest today is going to be Mr. Zach Lefty Colbert. He's a pretty bad ace uh, tattoo artist and we'll get into that. We'll find out how he got into his line of work. And we'll also share some stories. We'll also talk about some of the work he's done and much more. It's all coming up right here, right now. Hit it! And now I want to welcome my special guest, Mr. Zach Lefty, is it Colbert or Colbert? Uh, you know, it's uh, in the southern states, it's Colbert. You get north of Tennessee, it's Colbert, so you picked. <laughs> it's Colbert, since we're in the south, huh? <laughs> I like it, I like it. What's up, homie? How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Day off, so I'm not complaining. So, uh, tell us what you do for a living. Uh, I am a professional tattoo artist of 30 years. I also uh, build custom motorcycles and uh, do a little songwriting. So kind of all over the place, but my mainstay is tattooing. Tattooing. So uh, how did you how did you get into that like into that field? Man, that's a crazy story. So um, I guess to most uh, unorthodox beginnings. Um, so when I was a kid, my dad went to prison, and uh, I got kind of fell into art uh, and just drew constantly. And uh, he got out when I was 13 and saw the stuff that I was drawing. And uh, he was an outlaw biker. And he started getting tattooed in prison, which was super intriguing to me. So uh, I was like, when he got out, he saw what I could draw and was like, hey, me and my friends want tattoos. So uh, they went and got me a very uh, remedial uh, beginning for uh, tattoo equipment and uh, had me tattoo them from 13 to 18. And then uh, once I turned 18, they helped get me a place in the shop. And I've literally been doing it ever since. That's crazy. And you live in Waco? You're out of Waco? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my shop's in Waco now. Okay. Okay, yeah. When I was in Waco uh, a couple months ago, stopped at a... Never been there before, but Ronnie's Mac Bar, that place was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, man. It, uh, Waco's changed a lot over the last few years. It's uh, it's kind of, I guess, in a period of evolution. I don't know if it's for good or bad. <laughs> it's, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. So, uh, was your dad a bandito or? Uh, affiliated. Affiliated? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, you know, back in, what was it? Back in, when was that? 2012? At Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a mess down there. Yeah, golly. But, yeah. Yeah. I was part of that whole scene for a long time, and uh, during that time, I was very glad that I had already paid my exit, so. (laughs) Yeah, I bet, dude. That's crazy. So, uh. I just tend to ride by myself, so. Oh, yeah? What do you ride? Uh, it depends. Like I said, I build bikes too. So I got a, a 58 panhead, uh, that's a memorial bike for my dad. I built a rider from time to time. I also got a 79 FL shovel. Uh, I've got a 2020, uh, sport glide. It's my hot rod bike and I've got a couple other bikes around here. So heck yeah. Uh, my, uh, my grandpa, he used to have a, he had a 98, uh, Softail, soft tail Springer, 
And yeah. yeah, he rode that thing until him and his brother had a wreck. And oh, shit. yeah, dude, it was, it wasn't, he, he was all right, but his brother wasn't like the bike. So what happened was he ran into the back of him and, um, cause his brother was pulling off to put his glove on. And when he did, it knocked him like 50, like 30 feet and they weren't wearing a helmet at the time. And yeah, gashed up his face and everything, but he's all right now. <laughs> yeah. That stuff's rough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I rode up and did the, rode the tail of the dragon up by uh, North Carolina, Tennessee border uh-huh. uh, a couple years back. And I had a friend of mine, Mule, meet me there at the tail and we were going to ride together. And I was taking a road trip on my bike just across the country. And mm-hmm. I had one of those uh, cell phone mounts for my bars, you know, mm-hmm. and I uh, had it there with my GPS on it. So we rode through that thing and he's like, man, that's cool. I need to get one of those. And we stopped off at a little place there at the end of the tail of the dragon. They had him in there. So I bought him one. Mm-hmm. And he sticks it, he sticks it on his bike, and we take back off, and we're headed towards his place in North Carolina. And uh, I'm in the lead going, and I see the turn where we got to turn. I turn to signal, I'm looking in my mirror, and he's just flying on me. And uh, so I gas it, try to take off and get out of his way, and he just <laughs> slams right in the back of me. Yeah. And uh, we get off to the side of the road. I was like, what the fuck, dude? He was like, man. I was looking at my phone. <laughs> I am not used to having it right there on my bars. Some girl was sending him some pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, no kidding. So back to the tattoo. So you did you so you didn't go like to school or nothing? You just like got into your shop and that's when you started or Yeah, I'm self taught. I uh that's awesome. I've had a few people along the way that I would consider mentors, you know, that uh definitely helped structure me into the artist that I am now. Uh but uh as far as my beginnings, yeah, you know, in the 90s, it didn't take as much um, artistic knowledge to be a tattooer. Uh-huh. Um, it was more about getting in because there was very few shops, the shops that were there. Um, the old guys, man, they were hard asses. They did not want a bunch of people tattooing. They didn't want, you know, it wasn't a flooded market now like it is now. Right. So it was more about getting your foot in the door. And if you get your foot in the door and have shit stick in the skin, that was good enough, you know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of got through there and worked my way through the end of the nineties and two thousands and just evolved into, you know, where we are now. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Now I saw where you, you won the black and gray award. Oh man, I've won. I don't (laughs) know exactly how many awards anymore. Uh, I know a few years back, one client of mine won 103 awards off work that I did on him. That's a collector. So just to kind of put that in perspective, I won a lot of awards. (laughs) Yeah, and you work on uh you work on somebody uh from uh Yellowbush, Texas that's pretty big. Uh how'd you get how'd you get hooked up with him? Okay. Yeah. Oh, um it's funny because years ago there was a tattoo convention called uh Ink Live Tour. Uh-huh. And Ink Live Tour was like a tattooing music festival. And at the time, nobody hardly knew who Co was. Um, And I was like one of the headline artists on their flyers and stuff like that. You know, it was like my name and picture was on their flyers. Mm -hmm. So Co's guitarist at the time, Jared Flusey, reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm with this band. We're playing this festival, you know, and uh, we want to get tattooed by you. And uh, so we made a little time. I ended up working on them there and we hit it off. And then, I mean, since then, it's been several years, you know, that I worked on Co and his whole crew, as well as a whole whole lot of musicians that I worked on throughout my career. And uh, I actually had Dre, Co's manager slash uh, 
ex drummer and best yeah. friend and all that. He was in the shop last night. Oh yeah, Dre's funny, dude. I love Dre. Yeah, he hit me up out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> like nine o'clock yesterday morning, he's like, "Hey, I'm with the Hooser Brothers, and we're driving back from Louisiana. Can you tattoo me?" <laughs> I was like, yeah, "Thanks for the notice, Holmes." Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, my uh, my best friend is Shiloh. Uh, we grew go back, go way back, you know, and everything. But now, uh, you were featured on Baylor's Our Time on ESPN. Yeah, so I um I do work for a couple of the Baylor's coaches. Oh, cool. um, and uh, pretty extensive work that I'm doing on them, and through that, um, I started uh doing some exclusive tattooing for Baylor players um, that are a lot of the guys that are kind of one and done, you know, they're going pretty much, you know, a year or two of playing and directly into the NBA mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'll work out some promotional stuff and things with them to where, um, you know, uh, give them some decent tattoos going in. A lot of the people that you see that are professional athletes have really bad tattoo work. So <laughs> yeah. wanted to change that. And uh, it's developed into, you know, we did the show and tattooed some players on there. And now I've got a pretty large clientele basis of guys in the NBA um, to kind of accompany the singers and all that stuff. So kind of a diverse uh, clientele basis. So like guys in the NBA, you're talking like just ba- just guys that went to Baylor or like – Oh. Uh, some, not all. Um, so uh, Jeremy Sowen, he's a customer of mine that's really blown up. He plays for the Spurs now, uh-huh. uh, and he's he's gotten extremely big. We just did a show. I went to San Antonio, and there's a, a deal called Ink in the NBA, and they came in, flew from LA, and filmed uh, our tattoo sessions and everything. That's crazy, dude. So that show will be coming out uh, sometime this year. And then, um, so I worked on Jeremy. I just. Um, I've done quite a bit of work for, um, oh man, what's his name? And I'm bad with names. Um, he is about to go in the draft. He's supposed to be in the first round of the draft this year. He just got the playing for Baylor. Um, it's not the kid with the mullet, is it? No, 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 no. Um, damn. Um, I, I should know his name. I'm using the shop two weeks ago. I was, was talking it? to him the day before yesterday. Was it Flagger? Um, Flagger? Flagger? When you're on the spot, everything runs together. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've got a lot of favorite players that have now gone to NBA that I tattoo. I've also got like Byron Mullins. Uh, he was with the Sixers and the Clippers. Oh yeah. Now he is in Japan playing with the P League, uh, and they're in the championships. I actually need to check because they played this morning uh, for one of the championship games, and he was contacting me from Japan wow. about potentially flying over there and tattooing the team with their logo if they win. So. That'd be uh, awesome. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. So you you're international now, like you, you work like just not in Waco or. I, I have for years. I've tattooed all over the world. I've uh, tattooed in France, China, Spain, uh, Denmark, um, all over South America, all over the states, um, Bahamas. I mean, I've tattooed a lot of places. That's awesome. Plus, you get a little vacation, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, and I try to set it up that way. I got four kids and a you know, family now, so um, I take advantage of if I get to go and do on location tattooing, set up to where I can take the wife and kids and let them vacation while I'm doing my stuff. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So we've uh, got a deal that is 
in the works. I can't say who or uh, <laughs> all the details just yet, but because uh, we're still working out contracts and stuff, but we're uh-huh. potentially on a professional athlete that's really well known. We're going to be doing a tattoo on him in a remote location of every cli- uh, continent. So, um, talking about like doing something at the mountaintop of uh, Machu Picchu in Lima, Peru and Great Wall of China and all those types of things. That's awesome. Yeah, it would be really, really cool. So yeah. hopefully I'm not jinxing it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. I didn't <laughs> be like, dang it, I should have said anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, hopefully it's not that snake either. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course, his, his tattoo works awful. Yeah, a lot of them guys are, you know, and it's sometimes it is just they're ambitious to get it done Mm -hmm. and you know they're not at a point where they make money sometimes it's artists with darker skin a lot of times they don't know how to tattoo it and um you know that's one thing that technology's kind of helped with because a lot of the art we do now is drawn on ipads you know so yeah i can on an ipad go in and instead of picking a white background i can take a picture of their skin tone import that as my background and then build my values on top of that so it, it creates a new type of contrast that's awesome that's awesome yeah Yeah, it really has a, a different effect you know it's tattoos that you can actually see from the court and see on tv yeah it'd be like not like jr smith or somebody where it just looks like a bunch of like jumbled up ink you know <laughs> exactly now i want it to where you see it from everywhere that's awesome yeah uh first i've only got one and i remember i went to this place in lawton in the mall and i shouldn't have went because I, I wanted to get my family brand, which it, it's a crowfoot, henceforth why everything that I post is crowfoot. But uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I went and I, I went in there and they said, well, we're a custom shop. Do you have anything? Do you have a sketch of it or nothing? So I look on the internet and everything and I told them, I found it and I told them, I said, I want it turned the other way. Well, I guess they didn't listen because they put it upside down. So, dude, it was so crazy. So when I got it, and it was my first one, so you know, I was like, oh, I was like twenty or so. So I'm posting it, be like new ink, you know, and uh, (laughs) so everybody thought that I had done it with sharpie. Oh man. And my brother had to post a picture of me in the chair for people to be like, oh. He ain't lying, or something, oh, you know. Man, yeah, but yeah. So I don't know why they put it upside down, but now it looks like I got a chicken foot uh, on my yeah, arm. Time to get that corrected. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been um, it's been about since 2015, 2016. Yeah, you've had it a minute. Yeah, I've had it. I've had it a minute. I I thought about getting another one. Because my brother, he got his, and then he got his first one here in Wichita Falls, and then he got another one. And my wife, she's like, Ian, do you really want to get Oklahoma somewhere? And I was like, yeah. I want to get a <laughs> state Oklahoma on my arm or something. But, yeah. so I'm pretty, I'm fixing to do a pretty cool Oklahoma tattoo for uh, Cody Canada from Cross Canadian Ragweed. Now Cody Canada departed. Heck yeah, dude. Cody's awesome, too. Man, he's such a good dude, and uh, yeah, I had, uh, we were talking that uh, when Co played at the uh, 
Moody Center in Austin a while back. Oh, yeah. And uh, we were hanging out there, and uh, he was like, man, I want this this Oki tattoo. And he shows me this picture, and it's like the word Oki, but it has all these storm radar-looking maps. That's awesome, <laughs> dude. That's awesome. Like, you got it, man. So did you do some of Shallows, too? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I tattooed Co and uh, Dre uh, in the band. And I tattooed Mason. We did uh, a 420 tour with Snoop uh, last yeah, year. Was... Um, I went on that tour with them and oh, yeah. set up and, fuck, we just I tattooed everybody. They had me a green room set up between Co's green room and Snoop's green room. So uh, even the comedians that were there as openers and stuff, Dane the Great and all them cats, I was tattooing those guys during that. So it was a pretty cool trip. That dude, he, he gets me because I saw that when he was like, Southern Dad working security. And I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't know he was from Nebraska. Yeah, he's well, I don't know if he's from Nebraska. I'm not sure where he's from. Uh, he uh, he kind of is everywhere. He pops up all over the place, so yeah. shit, there's no telling. Uh, but him and Josh Prey, Josh Prey is the stocky black comedian that uh, did the skits about Co and all of them. Uh, yeah. He did one about me, too. It was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, he was there, and the two of them would go in between, you know, each artist and uh, do comic acts and shit like that, so it was good. Yeah, it was funny. So Richard texted me, and he was like, he was like, guess where I am? And then he sent me a picture of Snoop on stage. I was like, you lucky dog. He's like, yeah, I went oh, up yeah. there with Brandy. <laughs> yeah, Snoop's chill, man. He's such a good dude. He, uh, for both days of that, show that we were doing man he was so accommodating to everything their whole camp everything about him was just fantastic so yeah that that's awesome i i heard he's a real nice guy and everything yeah yeah super nice yeah it's crazy what he pays his blunt roller <laughs> oh i know yeah everybody i mean you know his whole crew is really tight and his manager is his wife you know i didn't know that really uh until yeah and they've been together since they were like 17 years old I think his brother, I, I mean, his son's playing, is his son playing college ball? I think. Uh, I know, I know he's had a big part in his son's football career. Uh, um, he's a coach of all kinds of these, like, football teams and stuff like that, like Little League or, uh, you know, Pee Wee League football. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure what all they're tied into that. But, yeah, I mean, his wife, wife was bossed up just, you know, handling everything backstage as far as his whole camp goes. That was super cool to see that. After that many years of them being together, you know, they're still just as solid as could be and you know. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty sweet. You never you never think about that about Snoop, but yeah. No, I mean I, I to be honest, I pictured him be with like you know, most celebrities do on his like sixth wife with some little hoochie or something yeah. like that, you know. And no, he's still with the same girl, you know. But that just made it that much cooler. Yeah, and then uh, I watched that. Yeah, what was it? Snoop's little ballers or something where he's coaching those little. Yeah, I, I watched that oh, a couple yeah. of times. I was like, "What the heck?" Because he's got his own league. Snoop's into everything. He's doing children's books, and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Yeah, for Rizzo, it was the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, nah, that was good times. Yeah, I bet it was. I bet it was fun. <laughs> oh dang. So, when did you, uh, what's the craziest, like, tattoo request you've had? Oh, man. What is this show rated? It's rated. It's it's good. 
good because this could get pretty raunchy. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> You're right. talking about crazy. Yeah, I've done this for 30 years. I've seen some some really funky shit. Um, so, uh, man, is it late enough? There's no kids listening. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the the craziest one I've had is definitely uh, ex- extremely explicit. Uh, if you want me to spit it, I will fucking spit it. But that's up to you. Yeah, sure. I mean, this is it's explicit, so you're good. All right. The kids, the well, kids are in bed. Uh, so the craziest <laughs> tattoo I've ever done. It wasn't a request because I fucking did it. Uh, it was earlier on in my career, and I was broke, and you know, you didn't turn a lot of shit away. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a girl that uh, did porn, and she came in and did a consultation, pretty pretty simple. And it was, I thought it was wild to begin with. She was like, "Hey, so I want a snake." coming out of my ass, wrapping around my thigh with the head tattooed right, you know, above my shit and the tongue tattooed splitting onto my clit. And I was like, Oh, well, okay, <laughs> well, let's do that. And, um, so, you know, that in itself was pretty fucking wild. Yeah. Um, and so day comes for the tattoo and we get set up, get her in there, private room. You know, this is back when I worked at a shop. I didn't own one. Uh-huh. And uh, so I had to get a private room, do all this shit. And uh, I started drawing this snake coming out of her ass crack. And she was like, oh, no, baby, that's not what I want. And I was like, what do you want? She's like, I want it coming out of my ass. And I was like, uh, oh, okay <laughs> and literally she reaches back with two fingers on either side and opens her ass and said start there whoa yeah so that was definitely a fucked up tattoo request did you make it 3d <laughs> you know it's, it's one of those things I, i've done a lot of crazy stuff for people and everybody's like why you know what, what do they want that for I'm telling you, in that position, you don't ask questions. You don't even want to fucking know. You just keep <laughs> yeah. your head down, try to stay out of the way, and do the work, and move on. That's like uh, we were at this. We were at this shop here in town, and I asked him. I was like, "So what's?" I asked him the same thing, and he was like, "This dude wanted me to do. He told me to come to his house, and he wanted me to put Jesus on his pecker, write it on there. So he could put anytime yeah. he anytime he was with a girl, he put Jesus inside of her, <laughs> and." Uh, he said, I went over there and he said, I said, well, was it, and I, I'm, I didn't even think about my words. I was like, was that hard? He's like, nope. He said it wasn't at all. And that was the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. I had a submissive one time come in with his dom. That was, there were a doctor. The submissive was a surgeon. The other one was a lawyer. Uh-huh. And he was like, I need you to tattoo my submissive's ball sack half black and half blue. Um, I had to unlock his male chastity belt. <laughs> and this dude was 65 years old. Oh so my he's God. like, and I'm a kid. You know, I'm like probably 25. I'd never uh-huh. handled a 65-year-old man's balls. I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, but it was a tattoo. And it was like, okay, let's do this shit. I had no clue how much an old man's balls stretched. It was like, <laughs> what I thought was going to be a short job took a really long fucking time because that shit was like tattoo. He put the he put it over his head like a hood. Oh no! What I had to do was go and get the largest grapefruit I could get, wrap it in saran wrap, and just stretch his balls around the fucking grapefruit and tattoo it. <laughs> I'm just picturing you taking a grapefruit to this old man's ball sack. Oh, my God. It was fucking terrible. <laughs> it, uh, 
People are like, so why did he get it? I'm like, I have no fucking clue. I didn't ask why they want that fruity shit. Like, it has nothing to fucking do with me. I was like, and they're like, so did it pay well? I was like, fuck yes, it paid well. I charged the hell of handling fee. He's, I just see like when you said the submissive and the doms right there I just see like you know with one of them like uh, uh, muzzles or something and she's holding him on the rope <laughs> pretty much but it was two fucking dudes and oh, he had a male chastity belt which I had no clue what he was he was like I gotta unlock his chastity belt so I didn't know what a fucking male chastity belt was uh, but if you go to the fair or some shit like that you know how you can win those little beta fish yeah. uh, in the little globes okay so male chastity belt is basically like one of those globes but they're Lexan plastic hinged in the middle yeah. and a fucking padlock so your junk just is in this fucking globe with a lock so he unlocks this <laughs> shit to get his balls out and he's like oh fuck what have I got myself into <laughs> Yeah, it was probably like a hot, sweaty day and everything, you know. Was... Oh no, no, no! I mean, these guys were super, uh, super strange, but very professional. Like I said, one was a lawyer, one was a surgeon. These weren't like broke idiots. <laughs> they were Don't very much off. into what they were doing. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah. Strange world, dude. <laughs> so let me ask you this: What's your favorite? Were like your favorite design that you've done that like you're like that's my that's my that's my top five you know man it's constantly changing and evolving to be honest with you uh-huh. i uh you know i i keep even though i'm in my 30th year tattoo and i keep trying to raise that bar and you just achieve new things try to push boundaries of what i've seen done and what you know i haven't seen done in tattooing um I was just riding earlier with one of the Baylor coaches that I tattoo, and um, we did a LeBron portrait on him uh, the other day. It's been about a week or so ago. We did a, a big LeBron, LeBron portrait on the inside of his knee kind of mm-hmm. thigh area, and um, talked to him, asked him how he was healing. He sent me pictures, and that right now has got to be right there in that ranking of, of – of up there it's it's a really cool piece and like you can see every bead of sweat on his nose and forehead and you know that's awesome 12 hours and a piece the size of your hand so it's definitely right now on his leg i think we figured it out there were like 90 hours into his leg sleeves and we are just above the knee so, so how many tap outs have you done Oh, I don't do tap out sessions at all. Okay. Um, I do. I've done a lot of long ones. The, the longest session I've ever done is fourteen hours. Fourteen uh, hours. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've done. You know, and that's on one person straight tattooing. Just like all over the body. Uh, no, fourteen hours. You know, is is a moderate sized tattoo, honestly, for what I do because I work in hyper realism with a whole bunch of detail. You know, so right. Uh, um, now I did have a client that flew into Phoenix, Arizona for a show called Hell City. And me and another artist named Gabe Londis both tattooed him simultaneously. And we did his back from his neck to his ass all, all three days. We did 10 hours a day, three days in a row. So, you know, basically he had 60 hours when you count the two of us working simultaneously over a three day span. That's crazy. Yeah. Jolly. So, like, when you're when you're doing it that long, like, do you? Because I know you got because you got to keep like a steady hand. Do you like ever like lose your concentration or anything? Or 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've got ADHD like a motherfucker. So um, I have to have a billion things going on. And in reality, for me to do those long sessions like that, it takes a lot of preparation, uh, mentally, physically, mm-hmm. everything. Otherwise, typical sessions of the shop are about six hours, and that's why I start to lose interest. So I try to keep each tattoo that I do within that six-hour range and then on to something else. Yeah, that's like, see, you're preaching to the choir because I'm, I'm also really high on ADD. Um, so, yeah, it's it's cra- People don't understand how, like, how crazy, like, yeah, they, they're like, you could be looking at something one minute and be like, squirrel. But, like, it's just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And nowadays, like, when they come out with all this crap for the kids in school, I'm like, where was that when I was in school? Like, for real. Right. I could have been. Uh, a, no, I was a fuck up in school. Trust me, I, I get it. Yeah, I could have been an honor student or something, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and then they try to put me on Adderall, and I, that that helped me focus. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I have stuff that I'll take. You know, if I if I am doing a long session, uh, mm-hmm. the doctor gave me. You know, just to keep me focused and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's something that a lot of artists, you know, deal with. A lot of us, I think, are have that. Uh, mental hyperactivity or whatever so uh, everybody's gonna figure out their way to cope with it yeah and the thing about it i've noticed as i've gotten older like it it doesn't seem as bad as when i was a kid you know and it's it's just crazy like um i think it was crazy how caffeine like calms you down like like Oh, I'm the same way. People, because uh, it'll be 10 o'clock at night and I'm drinking a monster. And they're like, whoa, how do you do that shit? And I'm like, because it chills me out. Like, yeah. It doesn't do for me like it does for you. Trust me. That's like, I was telling my wife that the other day, because like, I drink a crap ton of like C4s and like ghosts and stuff. And yeah, she's like, why do you drink those all the time? I'm like, because caffeine calms me down. It works different with my body and everything. Right. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, I drink coffee all day long. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Makes us special. <laughs> for sure. For sure, man. I, uh, I've learned to deal with it. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I, uh, I've somehow managed to find success through all that shit. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, have you been, how long have you owned your own shop? Uh, I've had, 20 years, basically. Um, I had a shop called Southern Culture uh, mm-hmm. that I started in Waco and uh, did that for a while. And then we ended up changing that into Infamous Inc. And we've had Infamous Inc. now for 12 years. So. Oh, yeah. So you've been just... So did you grow up in Waco or... No, no. I. Uh, so uh, early childhood, my parents were all over the fucking place. They were kind of like gypsies. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we were just constantly moving. Uh, by the time I hit third grade, we were in Liberty Hill, Texas. And I went from third through eighth grade in Liberty Hill and then moved to Georgetown. Started going to high school in Georgetown. Was complete fuck up and ran away to Vegas for a while and lived there. And then uh, <laughs> came back and, uh, you know, after Vegas, uh, got a GED and uh that's when i went to work in austin and worked in austin and clean and i just kind of worked my way north and ended up in Waco. ended up in a wacko (laughs) yeah yeah it's a town yeah seems like that when that 
I didn't realize how big that Magnolia market was. Good lord. It's a fucking mess. I hate that place. Yeah, dude. I don't, I, I don't have anything for the people. I don't have anything for what they've done to Waco. Um, I'm the direct opposite of what most people outside see. Like a lot of my clients that fly in. Last week I had two that flew in to get tattooed. One was from Minnesota. Uh-huh. One was from Oregon. And they both were like, oh, well, I'm here. You know, I've got to go see Magnolia. I'm like, yeah, fuck that place. Yeah. And they're like, what? They seem so great on TV. I was like, yeah, but they do absolutely nothing for Waco. Here's the thing. Um, so, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. What's that? I said I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> oh, no, no. You're good. You're good. I, um, no, they, they don't do anything back into the community other than absorb all of uh, the tax rebates they can get and monopolize the shit out of the town. So uh, to me, it's it's caused more issues with Waco. All of our taxes have gone up. Mm-hmm. Housing costs has gone up. And the tourism that comes here doesn't do like we don't get tourists in other small businesses because of Magnolia. Right. People go to Magnolia and spend money. They ain't fucking do anything else. So Yeah. So I've never been in my mom, she, my wife wanted to go. So, like, I didn't even know who the hell these people were. I was telling my wife, yeah. I was like, I was, I said, what do these people do? And they're like, they had a show on HGTV. And I was like, and that built this place? Like, it's just, and then you go in there, and it's just a bunch of crap for sale. And I'm like, who would pay these prices? I'm like. You can get a glass for like ten bucks or twenty bucks there, which you could get at Walmart for like I don't know ninety nine cents. You know, it's sure. Well, what they did is monopolize on a perfect storm. Yeah. So Waco, and one of the reasons I chose to have a shop here and and do all that because at the time the economy of Waco was fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a smaller town feel. The cost of living was extremely low, but the cost of what you could make was average to the same as everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So having a business here was perfect. You could, you know, you could buy a house at a reasonable rate. Your rent for a business, you know, location was reasonable, all that stuff. Uh, there wasn't traffic like Dallas or Austin. It was a good situation. Um, and that's how they blew up because they went on and went on TV and basically took people into the ghetto. And because there is some bad areas of Waco that have been bad forever, uh-huh. they would buy up an entire city block and take that block and offer people houses that they would renovate for this show. So on the show, people are seeing, oh, well, you can go to Waco, you can buy a house for $50,000, mm-hmm. put 100000 into it and have this beautiful place in this upcoming town, yada, yada, yada. Um, so people from all over the country, California, New York, Chicago, all this stuff, they're selling their businesses on their houses and moving here with this dream of, you know, financially Mm -hmm. coming strong and great. But little did they know, like you're on your block. Well, one block over, you're still in the fucking ghetto. Like it's a shithole. These people are buying houses in areas that they would not want to live. And, you know, then they went in and there's so many integral parts of what Magnolia has done that, has disrupted this community rather than helping it. Uh, traffic being one of them, just yes. demolishing things oh of history gosh. and giving, you know, no credit back to it. Like the elite cafe was now Magnolia diner or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the elite cafe have been there for over a hundred years. Elvis used to eat there every night. Oh, wow. And as a child growing up in Texas, when you would go through Waco, 
you would see the elite sign, you know, it was like a landmark. Uh-huh. Well, they took that place, you know, and if you were to buy a hundred year old house and want to do all that stuff, you have to go through the historical society and, you know, fix it all up and, and give a reminder to what was there. They yeah. erased whatever was there and just made their own shit and said, fuck it. And, uh, you know, that to me is disappointing when you have something that has been an icon your whole life just erased. Yeah, that was the thing that I couldn't believe was the traffic. And then the crazy thing, dude, so we were, we were getting out to go to that to the, that Ronnie's Mac bar, and yeah. this tweaker comes up, and she tries telling us that. <laughs> she's like, oh, I didn't make enough in tips today at work, and I just would like some snacks or to feed my family, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like, they, uh, well, what they've done is they've gone in all these low-income, just impoverished areas, mm-hmm. areas that were abandoned buildings that were homeless. Like, they've ran all these people out to sell it to their people that have come in, but all mm-hmm. these homeless people are still here, and they're all over Waco. So now they're just in areas you don't want them, you know? Right. Every night I have to run them out of my park and out of my shop, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's... At it least. was funny last night. Literally, Dre had to deal with that when him and those folks <laughs> leave the shop. I mean, it was late because we didn't get started until almost midnight. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, but he goes to leave, and there's literally this homeless woman sitting on the bench out in front of my shop. Starts hitting him up, begging him for money, and <laughs> trying to be nice. Oh, you know, I, I don't have any cash. And she's like, "Please, Mister." <laughs> oh man, I saw a video. Uh, it was like a like a meme, and it was like, uh, "What was that movie?" The Will Smith was in that cartoon Shark Tale where the shrimp's talking, and it was oh, yeah. like, "This is how the tweaker at Walmart is when you try to go in." <laughs> but, yeah. It was funny. The only way I could get them out of there and her to leave them alone, I come busting out the door of the shop and I yelled at Dre and them. I was like. I've already told y'all to fucking leave once. If you don't get out of my parking lot, I'm calling the cops. And he was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. And he gets a truck and they fucking leave. Dre should have told him, been like, no habla, no habla English. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Oh, man. Yeah, I've uh, I've talked to Zach and Josh a few times trying to get them on um, the other podcast and they're like, yeah, man, and then we can't get a time schedule. But yeah, they uh, they've been coming to the falls a lot, and I'm excited to see them again. I haven't got to see man, them yet. Great, they're they're just such good people. I love both of them. Yeah, they're they're real nice guys. Just talking to, I mean, just like I'll just snap them or something. And yeah, they're they're really really cool guys, dude. That was sweet. Yeah, they're down to earth as you get. That was sweet that they played in front of the Superdome, though. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's like, it's like, that's crazy. But yeah. Yeah, they're opening for Co uh, on Friday at uh, Dickie's Arena in Dallas. Yeah. And I hate to, I, I, I was, I was playing on, cause I went last year um, yeah. when they sold it out for the first time and right. it was a good show, dude. It was awesome and everything. And then I was like, all right, going this year. But then Highway 30 drops and they're like, we're going to be at Texas Motor Speedway. And my wife's like, well, she wants to see that Priscilla block. So she's like, we could just wait and just go to in. And I was like, eh, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, but, I feel Gordy's putting on is going to be a big one uh, in October. But yeah. uh, no, I, uh, 
Dee's great and all the bands are great. I just, man, I can't do big shows. I even like, we'll probably swing down and, and go say hi to Co and them at Dickie's this weekend, but I, I won't go out in the crowd. You know, I'll, I'll go in backstage, say hi to everybody, watch the show a little bit, but I, I don't like crowds and a bunch of people. So, dude, yeah, I can't, I can't stand the crowds because they're, they're all these little freaking underage kids that think they're so cool for drinking in the parking lot. Oh, and yeah. They go out there, they get freaking hammered, and one time we were at Graham, and when they opened for Randy Rogers at Food Truck, and yeah. uh, we are sat there, and at the time, me and my wife, we were just dating at the time. We hadn't even, that was like, we had only been dating for like a month and Shallow hooked me up with some uh with with text with tickets and stuff, but uh we we're sitting there and this dude that were trying to he was trying to surf the crowd, well he kicked her. And I I looked at him and I was like, Hi <laughs> And he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry, dude and I was like Yeah. You better quit before <laughs> Yeah. It's just, oh, there's definitely there's definitely a type for most co fans, that's for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, <laughs> most co fans. This is how this is how they talk about a show. Man, dude, I blacked out so hard. I don't even remember it at all. Now you're saying co or the fans? The fans. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> dude, so funny story. So he was down here at Wichita Falls, and uh, his last time he played Wichita. And I was working security. Well, I'd met him two weeks before that, Buffalo Wild Wings and Lawton on a whim. And he got done playing. Well, he came up to me and he's like, hey, man. He's like, your name's Emmett, right? And I was like, yeah. He said, I remember you, dude. You're the only dude that I know. Can you escort me to the bar? And I was like, wait, you know who I am? But uh, so I was like, yeah, man. So I escorted him to the bar and I was like, Hey man, let me come hang out when you get when I get off. He's like, yeah, totally. So that was the old bus, and uh, I walked on there, and <laughs> this dude, he's making out with like two girls, <laughs> no one girl, and the and they dude they are ugly. I was like, boy, I hope you don't catch something here in Wichita, but uh. <laughs> So we're sitting there, and I'm sitting next to Dre on the couch. If you remember, like, the old bus, how the couch was right here, and the table was right there. Yeah. Kind of. So I'm sitting next to Dre. And, dude, I tell this story every time. I told him, I said, dude, you know who you should get uh, to take Flushy's spot? And he's like, who's that? And I said, Shallow Powers. And he's like, dude, I've never thought about that. It was like a light bulb went off in his head, like, instantly. And yeah, long story short, everybody knows, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, dude, it's, awesome. it's worked out good for both of them. Shallow's in a good spot. Lucy's doing real good yeah. with Giovanni and them guys. So. Yeah, and then uh, Gio, dude, that dude's crazy too. God. Oh yeah, those are my homies. They, uh, I just tattooed Jared not too long ago and did a eighteen like the front facing of a Peterbilt on top of his hand. Oh, memorial yeah. for his dad he's actually texting me pictures of that this morning yeah jared's cool and then uh so we were we did a uh, i booked the show in lawton and the headliner backed out and i needed a headliner and 
this was back before GL like blew up, you know, back when yeah. they had just signed with Red Eleven, and I called him up and I was like, "Hey man," I said, "You want to play this?" He's like, "Heck yeah!" He's like, "We haven't played in Lawton yet. We're in Oklahoma." It was their second show in Oklahoma. Yeah, and uh, so we had known Milton like back like when he played with Bobby Dell and stuff, but yeah. So we get done. So the show's over, and and Milton's like, "Hey, y'all come out. We're all gonna hang out at my house." So we said, "Drop a pin." So we go out there, dude. My brother got so messed up. He got so trashed. Of course, he was trashed after because he opened, and he had just turned twenty one, and he was so trashed. We're oh, sitting, yeah. we're sitting there, and we're just chilling in Milton's garage, and. Zach, Zach stands up and he looks over and he's like, I don't feel good. And then all of a sudden he just throws up on Milton's floor and just like hits his head. And yeah, so Zach said last time he went to, he was playing this Battle of the Bands down at uh, College Station and Gio was playing after after that. Milton walked up to him and was like, hey, you remember when you threw up on my floor? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, those boys are doing good. They they've really blown up this year, dude. Can you believe we saw them on TV? I still can't believe it. Oh yeah, yeah, they uh, was... they've uh, they've made all the right moves. I'm proud of them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm super proud of them too. Cause yeah, at that time, Rooster Tattoo they hadn't even that was their sound check song. They hadn't even dropped right. it yet. And yeah, it's uh. It's been pretty crazy. Of course, Waco's got a pretty good scene. Yeah, it's all right. It, uh, I mean, we have what Backyard brings in. I mean, that's those guys work really hard to give us something because if it wasn't for Backyard, we wouldn't have a fucking music scene here at all. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, they they keep a constant deal going. We got uh, Paul Wall going to be there this weekend, and uh, that'd be fun. Uh, I think we got Reverend Horton Heat here this weekend, and. Uh, Pretty soon, uh, Cody Canada and them will be there uh, before too long because uh, I got set up to tattoo him at the same time he's gonna be playing backyard. And we got we got quite a few people coming down. Yeah, so uh, I got a story about old Cody and old uh, Plato. So yeah. they were playing. They had this festival in Lawton at the casino, and they headlined. Well, me and my brother, we just we didn't know like. At the time, we didn't know the guys that were putting it on, but now they're like our best friends. And uh, (laughs) we just snuck back behind the like barricade, like where the buses were, and just snuck back there. And uh, crazy thing, Brian White from uh, the damn Quails was walking off stage. And he shook our, and we were like, hell of a set, man. He's like, thanks, man. You know how Brian White is, you know? But uh, (laughs) so. Cody gets them playing and everything, and we're sat there, and we were talking to Plato while we were waiting on Cody. He was talking to somebody, and Plato's like, we were talking, uh, we said we were from Faxon, which is a little town. He's like, yeah, he said, I used to go through there when I worked and uh, drove a liquor truck. I used to drive through Faxon and Chattanooga and stuff, and then uh, Cody sat there, and we are all talking and stuff, and he's like, he said, you got a cigarette? And I was like, yeah, man, here. So he bummed a cigarette off me. We said, they're 
just smoking a cigarette. I think it was, I think it was, a, and then he gave me one. I think it was a cigarette, but you never know. <laughs> but yeah, those guys. And we were like, dude, you're like one of our favorites. He was like, dude, I'm old enough to be your dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Cody's my age. <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. Uh, and then, uh, of course, it's it's awesome to see Cody in The Departed, you know, killing it. And then now that The Great Divide's back out, killing it, it's just like the 90s are back. <laughs> yeah, Sons uh, got a band too called Waves in April, and uh, they're starting to tour with Cody and them too. So they uh, they're a rock band, but yeah, his his son's following right there in the footsteps. Yeah, wasn't his son uh, played with like Dirks Bentley got him on stage? Yeah, 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 because it was Dirks. Yeah, Dirks and Willie. <laughs> right. Yeah, that uh, that Waves in April band that his son's got now. That's got a female lead singer, and uh, really cool. And I think they're out of that school of rock, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a pretty cool thing, though. I remember just, like, when he, like, did the tour or something. That was really cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. Pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's super good dude, man. uh, Every interaction I've had with him or his wife or kids or anything, they're just a great family. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. And all them guys are. It was funny. I was teasing, uh. Oh, what's his drummer's name? Eric. Uh, they call him Waldo. I can't think of his name, though. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I was teasing him. I was like, I thought that was Mark McClure out there drumming. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Plato told me, he was like, you ever had the feeling? He was drunk, and he was like, you ever had the feeling when you when you put some cocaine on your dick and stick it in a woman's? <laughs> I was like, what? But yeah, I guess some boys have some crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, where can people, like, get in contact with you about, like, you know, maybe scheduling a session or, like, see some of your work? Yeah. I, um, so I work by appointment only. Uh, best place to see my work is on my Instagram. Uh, it's, uh, Lefty Colbert Official. And, uh, then um, as far as setting up appointments and stuff like that, I do all of that through my uh, email, which is TexasTattooLegend at gmail.com. Sweet. Pretty like simple it. process. I got a chick that does most of my booking. She's pretty good about answering back within a week span. Oh, so you have a booking agent? Yeah. That's the way to do it, dude. Have to. Have to. I, uh, I hate trying to keep up with all that shit and trying to, Dude. To do it all, I normally book in about three months in advance. So she tries to keep my life in order and uh, has to communicate back and forth with my wife about all the family plans and everything. So. Well, that's good. That's good that she does that and everything. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So what does your wife do? Uh, she she handles all the business for our shop, which is a job in itself. And she's a registered nurse and does all natural childbirth she's a doula and assistant midwife so they do all natural childbirthing and she takes care of all four of our kids in our house and me and everything else she's, <laughs> she's fucking amazing uh, my wife is a uh she she is the glue that holds everything in my life together so yeah they have a they have one of the birthing centers here in uh here in wichita my my mother-in-law actually babysits the owner's kids so yeah 
Yeah. Um, so are your kids still at school? Do they go to Waco or? Uh, no, I got, uh, so I got a 20 year old daughter, Serenity. She uh, lives in Temple. She got an apartment and everything here now. And then, uh, I got a son who just turned 14, Dylan. Um, uh, Callie is my, uh, 12 year old daughter. And then I got an eight year old son and the three all go to Lorena. Oh yeah. They play any sports. Yeah, they do everything. Dylan, he's uh, he like I said, he just turned fourteen uh, a couple days ago, and he's six two with a size sixteen shoe. He's a big, golly, big kid. So, dude. Yeah, he's going he to football. The, you think he, you want him to go to the Bears or no? <laughs> oh man, I, I just want to do whatever makes him happy. I I, I don't care. Uh, but right now, he plays football and uh, having fun with that. Callie, she's a uh, she does basketball and she's working on her black belt and karate and then uh, rider races motocross. So they're all, all kind of over the place. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're talking about racing makes me think of hot out there in Waco. Oh yeah. 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 That's a big old track. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun to go out there when it's not too damn hot. I hope you don't get hit by a tire on the catwalk though. (laughs) Huh? Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe that. I heard that. I was like, God, like, can you imagine? Yeah, oh, yeah. They, uh, well, they put a big fence deal up around it now, so. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so how'd you get the nickname Lefty? Uh, it, uh, it was my grand- my great-grandfather's nickname. Oh, and, yeah? And, uh, you know, he was wild as shit. And uh, when I was a kid, my grandma called me the Lefty. It just kind of went from there. There got to be a point where I wanted some separation between my personal life and my business life, you know? Mm-hmm. That's awesome, so dude. I went ahead and started using that. Yeah. Now are you left-handed? Nope. He wasn't either. Oh, really? Uh, he, he got it for fighting, so I uh, huh. uh, just took it and, and used it and stuck with it. Was his buddy Poncho? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. Oh, man, that's crazy. So what position does your son play? Is he on the line or? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> defensive and offensive line. Oh yeah. gosh, he he's yeah, destroying. He's a guard and a tackle. Yeah, Lorena had a pretty good season, didn't they? Lorena's always got a good team. You know, it's one of the small town football schools, so uh, they're Lorena's serious about their football. Uh, and you know, we're we're country folks. We don't like city and shit like that. I right. can imagine living in Waco, so. Yeah, I don't, is really good. Yeah, how far is that from Waco? About twenty minutes. Twenty minutes? That's not bad. Yeah. Now, is, just, far, just far enough away to get away from all the bullshit. Yeah. Now is Bos? What is it? Bosk? Bosque? How is it? Is it Bosque? Yeah. Is that in Waco or? Uh, like uh, Bosque County or uh, Bosqueville or what? Yeah, Bosqueville. That's it. Uh, it's a suburb. It's kind of like Lorena. Oh yeah, yeah. I I had uh the old boys from the I had Weston and uh Cody Dollins from the Ghost Dance Band on here on the other podcast, uh, and we were talking about that. You know, they do that back. What is it? Front porch sessions with the kids and those artists come through, and they were like, "Yeah, you think they contact us to come do it, but they haven't yet." <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, they had well. Uh, let's see, they had Co Wetzel, they had Tanner Usray. I think they had. Do they have the Hoosier Brothers? I think. Um, yeah, Hoosier Brothers 
They're local there. They're from here in Waco. So that's what I thought. I thought they were from Waco. But dude, their new single yeah. is killer. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, Waco's got a pretty pretty big history. So we uh, got a lot going on. You know, a lot of the guys that these bands go to for stuff. You know, artisan wise is all right here. You got uh, Cameron with Standard Hat Works. You know, that's where you know he makes hats for you know not only myself but you mm-hmm. know, Jinx and Co and shit. Laney Wilson and fucking uh, I not think of he makes hats for and then you got uh, Colton with right rank silver he does all the silversmithing for everybody and you know we're all right here so yeah I, I called I text Colton when we were in Waco and I was like hey man are you at the shop we'll, I want to come by and look and see it and he's like dude this is the one day we are not here I'm out at the ranch <laughs> And he's like, we'll be out here next week. And I was like, well, I won't be here next week. <laughs> right. But yeah. yeah, they just had a baby, so they're, oh, yeah. they're doing a whole new parent life thing. Yeah. Colton's, it was funny. So when, uh, was it that show at, uh, oh crap, where was it? It was the heart, it was, uh, in Waco where it was Austin Meat Open, Pecos, and then Co. What was that? Was that the Heart of Texas Fair? Yeah, probably. That was a while back. Yeah. Uh, I was standing there, and I kept looking at this guy, and he's standing, like, next to me because we were standing pretty close over by, like, the rail, kind of. And I was like, that dude looks so familiar. Well, then I was looking on Instagram, but it was Colton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, Colton did all the shows. Yeah. Yeah, he does some good work. Oh yeah, yeah. He's made a bunch of silver pieces for me, and uh, he made me that diamond. It's a uh, the diamond with two eyes, and it's been my logo for my business forever. And Co come along, and he's like, "Man, that's fire, cuz." He was like, "I need one of those with W in it." He said, "Be cool with that." And I was like, "Yeah, that'd be cool." So Colt made him, you know, like my infamous logo with his W in there. That's and awesome. Coe started wearing that, then everybody and their fucking dogs started getting that shit. So mm-hmm. now, like, my business logo is on everybody. That's pretty cool, though, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like nobody knows, you know, of course, oh, yeah. anybody sees, it's crazy when I get on, I'll get on the old ticket talk, you know, it, it, it's just crazy, like, how he's so worldwide now. Oh, man, yeah, he's blown up. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows Co. how he was hanging out Kid Rock the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, man, and now he's got... Did you see those new hats? Oh, he's got that hat company they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, golly, he tried yeah, to hide it. He tried to hide it, put it upside down. But my wife was, my wife showed it to me. She's like, you can tell that's Coe's. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he's a smart kid, man. He uh, he's he really uh, he doesn't get the credit in business like. Uh, he should, you know, a lot of people think that it's other people that are pulling the strings, but yeah, and I've been there for uh, several of the music videos he's done and stuff. And he's the one that's directing it, and doing all that. It, uh, well, I think, he, it, I think, it, yeah, yeah. I think about when he put out what I heard when he put out the offer to Columbia and he told yep. them what he told them. And they said, this ain't going to work. And then he submitted it, and they were like, holy crap, it worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was to the point of being established enough by the time he, he 
got with them. You know, he didn't need them. They needed him. So, right. it, uh, you know, he, he made himself a good deal. And that got him the connections with Diplo and all oh, yeah. that. Kodak Black. Who would have ever thought that he'd do a song with Kodak Black? Yeah, oh, Diplo. He fucking he does a bunch of that shit and kind of mixes all sorts of people up. Yeah. It's pretty interesting seeing where that's all going. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, anybody that knows Co personally knows that, you know, he loves rap. That's mainly everything he listens to is rap. So oh, yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And down there, dude, that, that's what makes me mad when people are like, Oh, I bet he, I bet he's just a douche, or he was, or he's a douche. When I yeah. met him, no, he he's such a nice guy, like so down to earth, and that's why I continue to support them guys, cause all them guys are so nice and like they're real, you know. Sure. They don't forget where they came from. No, not at all. No, his whole good people. Yeah, and great family. I met. Yep. Yeah, I talked to Gary a couple times, Gary Dale a couple times, and yeah. He... I gave him his first tattoo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I went and stayed a while at Coe's years ago, and uh, back when he was in Nemo, and uh, it was right around the time LJT was going on, and uh, I tattooed that uh, piece on Coe's arm that says, we are the music makers, and dreamers of dreams or whatever, that uh, it's a big half sleeve with all the filigree, and uh I did that on him, and I tattooed the uh, Mac Miller piece on Dre and then Dick Wong, Gary Dale. That's awesome. So, yeah. is he... I thought he was still with Nemo. Who? Co? Yeah. Uh, close to it, but not anymore. Not anymore. On the yeah, outskirts? Yeah. How could we all the outskirts of Nemo? <laughs> Too many people got to know where he lived, probably. True. I mean, it's not that big yeah, of a town. He ended up buying him a place. He got a nice house now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's not, I could understand that. I mean, yeah, he tried to get like trying to get away, you know, from it, but I mean, people are going to find out. Oh, yeah, and I mean, for as big as he's gotten, you know, he's somebody you'll still see at fucking Walmart. So, <laughs> so you say, so you say that. So, uh, my wife's grandpa was telling me they live in up in Nebraska, but. They're from. They're originally from down here, and they go to uh, Glen Rose. They used to go to Glen Rose every summer and stay there yeah. with their camper. And he was asking me. He said, "Hey Emmett, who's that guy you like? Uh, that play that country singer." And he said, "It's his name. You like that Coetzel, don't you?" I said, "I said yes, sir, I do." And he said, "I was in Brookshire's the other day." And I saw this guy when I was looking at the cheese and he looked so familiar and I couldn't think of who he was. And then he said, we went to check out and, uh, the guy pushing the cart was like, did you see who that was? And he said, no, I didn't. And the kid was like, that was Co Wetzel. But yeah, yeah. that doesn't surprise me a bit. Yeah. I saw his pick. I saw his new pickup though. It's pretty nice. Oh Yeah. Yeah, he finally got rid of yeah, the King he, Ranch. He was overdue. He had that same old Ford for quite a while. Yeah, the old King Ranch. I was like, yeah. I was like, dang, he went to a GMC. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we we made it to. We went to that undisclosed location in that town. Just like we, my brother was playing there, and we stopped in there to get something. And yeah, I saw it. I was like, looks pretty nice. All blacked out. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Well, uh, Zach, man, thanks for uh, taking time, and uh, this was fun, dude. Yeah, anytime, man. I uh, give me a little while. We'll make some more stories and catch up again on down the road. Sounds good, man. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll have to do it again, man. And maybe I have to come see you at Waco or something, you know. Or next time I'm down yeah. there, I'll holler at you. Come to a remote show from the shop. It'd be fun, dude. That'd be awesome. Heck yeah! Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, sounds good, buddy. All right, take care, bro. All right, you too. Well, folks, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Awesome and Interesting Everyday People podcast. I want to thank Mr. Zach Lefty Colbert for coming on today. Make sure you go check out some of his work on Facebook on Tattoos by Zach Lefty Colbert. And make sure you go check out his Instagram also. This dude's got some pretty sweet images that he's done and blows me away the amount of detail that goes into a tattoo. It's just, it's crazy, you know, like, I I don't know, I'm lost for words. But anyways, we want to thank y'all for listening. Give us a like on Facebook, tell a friend, follow us on Spotify, and make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. So that you'll be in the know for when we drop a new episode. And make sure you give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. I think I already said give us a like on Facebook. I really want you to give us a like on Facebook. (laughs) But with that being said, we'll see you later. Good night, everybody.